0: This is the Oanda Podcast, brought to you by Jazz FM's Business Breakfast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast. Well, what a week it has been. The superlatives don't really match the reality. It has been extraordinary and it's not over yet. The presidential election compounding the polls with a much closer outcome than expected. The market's very uneasy as the uncertainty continues. And as we speak, Joe Biden's on the verge of picking up enough electoral votes to become president. But the chances of President Trump conceding look very slim indeed at the moment. So far, the concerns about civil unrest haven't really become real, but who knows? Meanwhile, on this side of the Atlantic, England has entered national lockdown two. Oh, and uh, Chancellor Rishi Sunak has extended the furlough until the end of March. And by the way, we've had the Bank of England pumping £150 billion pounds into the economy. So let's speak to two guys who've had uh, matchsticks permanently in their eyes over the last uh, few days with uh, sleep deprivation on a par with a, a supermax prison. It's uh, Ed Moyer in New York and Craig
1: Erlem in London. How are you doing, guys?
2: Pretty good. Thank you.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I, I've, got, I've got to say, it's it's been a, it has been a hell of a week, and it's, uh, I'm sure we're all relieved that we're now uh, heading into the weekend. But I can't even imagine what kind of a week Ed's had sat in New York right in the midst of it. It must have been. Uh, it must have been a hell of a ride, I think, back to kind of the only thing I can compare it to is Brexit back in 2016, and I remember that how I felt at the end of that week, and I feel like Ed must be at least be on a par, if not worse.
2: The adrenaline is fading, I will say. <laughs> uh, it, it's been exhausting, and uh, I, I think that we knew going into this, because we had that tremendous of early voting, the mail-in ballots, it would take time because the counting would not start um, for some states until uh, after the last vote was counted in person so uh it's it's it seems that uh you you went through the roller coaster ride of emotions of you know early thinking the blue wave was going to happen and then um we quickly saw markets just start to you know price in that um presidential re-election for for mr trump and and now it, it, it seems that uh now that we're getting all the votes cow tallied, it looks like Biden is overtaking Trump in so many key states. Uh, So it seems that his uh, victory is imminent. But even though the the president is is blaming um, voter fraud and he's he's uh, building his legal case to uh, try to Uh, delay some counting trying to uh, build up that argument that some of these votes um, should be taken away Um, but i I think uh, most of the the signs and there's been no evidence it seems that this election is pretty much um, going to be finalized in the coming days if not sooner
0: yeah if it was a bit more like uh, 2000 ed when it was just one state that uh, was causing the controversy in terms of recounts etc as in Florida then then be a different kettle of fish but because as you said there are so many different states which although extremely close you know less than one percent in in two or three of them uh, there's enough there for Joe Biden to actually get over the line isn't there despite the fact that Georgia for instance there's a recount, And they've officially announced that uh, today. And it could be a couple of weeks before we know the actual result. But as you said, it it won't really matter, will it? If, for instance, he gets Pennsylvania in the bag and Arizona and so on.
2: Uh, Very much so. I I think we'll have a recount on Wisconsin, too. But Nevada, I mean, like right now, everything is looking like it's going to go to uh, uh, former Vice President Biden. So I think he's he's looking very optimistic. I, I think there's you know we can't call a lot of these states just yet uh, but um there's there's nothing really that uh should change the trajectory i think we're we're seeing that we're we're looking at as these counties report the percentages are holding in a lot of in cases it's like 60 or 70% are going to biden and uh, only uh, 20 or 30 to, to uh, president trump so uh, i i think you're going to see that uh you know that you could tell by the market reaction that they're they're you know, completely pricing in uh, a Biden presidency. What's important, though, is uh, for uh, Biden to be able to, you know, bring on his team to hire people because, you you know, this dragging this out is really hurting his administration because he really needs to be able to appoint people. And uh, by President Trump dragging this out, it really will... uh, make it difficult for him to kind of, uh, you know, kickstart his initiatives um, when he takes office in January.
0: And we were talking last week, we were surmising whether there may be uh, uh, some civil unrest if there was a very close call. And that hasn't really happened. I mean, there have been odd uh, bits and pieces of uh, arguments and uh, but no riots, uh, the, the boarding up of the shops across the United States obviously wasn't really necessary in the, in the end, but that, that's, that's good to see. Although, you know, you talk about the, the fact that Biden can't actually pick his administration yet. I've just got this feeling that Trump is going to let this roll uh, because he's got to look after brand Trump, hasn't he, regardless of what happens with President. And he could actually go on uh, and make the case politically that he was never really a beaten man because he can go on and
2: say that he was cheated that's the narrative and i there, there's been wide speculation on what the president would do if he lost and um whether it's creating his own media network um, he you know has it's clearly obvious that he still has a tremendous following um his his uh, election uh, support you know i think was over five million than what hillary got uh, in in uh, 2016 so um there there's And it's a a lot greater than I thought in uh, going into this election. But uh, his support is strong, and uh, I think that uh, what he has done to the political system in the U.S. has changed it. And um, I I think whether he, if he goes the media route and tries to have his own station. he, he's going to have a tremendous amount of followers. And, uh, and there's even talk that he might even consider uh, making a run for 2024. Yes. Uh, so, so the scenarios are just, they're, they're plentiful. But I think that um, we ultimately will see Republicans will pressure him to uh, let to move beyond this, because uh, it's just bad for everyone. if we don't have that smooth transition of power.
0: Craig, how are markets closing the week in London? A bit nervy about what's going on in America or a little bit more relaxed than we may have thought?
1: I think the market reaction this week has been absolutely remarkable uh, i was very much in the camp of those who believed that the worst market uh, outcome uh, was going to be pretty much what we've seen uh, a closer election a contested election and it's been viciously viciously contested um uh, over the course of the last few days you've seen it straight from the word go uh, from that uh, incredible press conference with president trump on election night effectively claiming that his party's being ruined ever since then. It's been fiercely, fiercely contested, and yet the markets have been so relaxed. They've been so calm, and I think that's been incredible. There seems to have been this underlying confidence that regardless of what Trump says, whatever whatever he does, whatever legal challenges he puts forward that it's not going to change the outcome and i think that's an incredible amount of confidence in these markets um, to to have that belief but it's carried on monday tuesday wednesday thursday it's only today that we're starting to see a bit of profit taking and i do think that's probably uh, twofold i think one it's a reflection of just how well these markets have done over the course of the last four days and i think number two it, it is because it's the weekend and you just don't know what's going to happen over the course of the weekend and i think. The combination of those two things means that we've just seen a little bit of cash being taken off the table. Obviously, I do think what's helped these markets in their rallying has been the the Republicans seemingly keeping control of the Senate. What that does is it means we get a slightly smaller stimulus bill when it is agreed, but it also means it's going to be very hard for Biden to reverse certain tax cuts. It's going to be very hard on the regulation side. Uh, And some of these market-unfriendly policies that the Democrats have talked about, you could effectively have a lame duck president for the next two years at least. So from that perspective, you've almost—it's um, it, not not necessarily a bad outcome for the markets. That obviously risk is what what Trump is doing and contesting this election and causing problems that way. And I think maybe we'll see how things go over the weekend. We may see a slightly different attitude next week, depending on how this situation evolves and whether uh, and just how strong Trump's case is. I think it helps the market right now that he's not provided any evidence, that a lot of these legal challenges have been shot down uh, and that it seems that he's kind of going on a whim at this minute and hoping that the evidence can be gathered over the course of a few weeks while these kind of delay tactics uh, are put in place while he calls for the uh, recounts in various states in order to try and stop uh, stop the tr- Biden effectively being declared uh, the, the the winner uh, of this presidential race. So we may see nervousness kick in later, but at this moment in time, it's been incredible just how confident and relaxed investors have been this week.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been a good result really for markets, as you said, because of the the Senate, the Republicans keeping that. And uh, and it looks like goodbye to President Trump. And uh, he has created a lot of uncertainty, despite the massive amounts of uh, tax cuts and what that did for the US economy. So I think, uh, generally speaking, markets are happy. What about the jobs report today, uh, Ed? Uh, what happened there? Some good numbers? Uh,
2: very much so. Uh, the labor market Recovery continues. I think there there was some growing concern that we could see um, um, much smaller job gains um, and i think everyone you know will take notice of the unemployment rate which declined uh, significantly to 6.9 percent uh, and that came alongside a a strong uh, bump up with the participation rate uh, but there's still a tremendous amount of permanent job loss that's in the in uh in the labor market and i, I think you're going to see that there's a, a worrying part to this report and uh, the the uh, lack of benefits from congress um, I I think is really going to start to become an issue because you're starting to see um, that while some jobs are coming back, the uh, trajectory of COVID-19 is is, um, it's, it's pretty much assured that we're going to see new restrictions here and that's going to cripple economic activity. And uh, we're probably going to see a lot of these jobs um, quickly go away. And and, uh, I I think when we take a look at what's, what's happening with the virus, um, there's, you know, we, we, to 100,000 cases per day and it seems that in just a matter of a few weeks um, we could be at 200,000. so the, the the virus spread is is uh, uh worsening here and also in uh europe's already um you know starting to in, enforce these lockdowns but i think um you're, you're going to see that the labor market recovery is is really going to struggle uh during these winter months because we're going to see more lockdowns and uh, with the biden presidency um he's going to really stand by his his argument of uh a- mandate for face masks, social distancing, but more importantly, if lockdowns are needed to stop the spread, he is going to put the pressure on governors to do that. So I think you're going to see that many people are expecting um, um, it to be a little bit tougher for the labor market recovery. And that's why I think, uh, you know, why are we, seeing the market be so much stronger it's because there's still that expectations that the Fed is going to be there so uh, labor market just kind of I think queuing up what's going to happen in the winter just
0: a thought that occurred to me Ed we've still got Donald Trump whenever for another two months our markets not worried about things that he may or may not do in the next eight weeks just out of sheer craziness
2: there is some concern, but I, I really believe that you're, you're looking at the Republicans, the, the, the Senate, um, for, for the most part, not only Senator Graham and Cruz are kind of standing by the president. They've been loyal to the, the president and uh, they feel comfortable in, in their, their standings. Graham got reelected and uh, I, a good amount of their base supports the president. So um, I think they feel they must agree with uh, a lot yeah. of what he is saying.
0: Okay, right, Craig. Over to you now. Uh, as I said, we've entered national lockdown two. The furlough extended until the end of March. You didn't necessarily see that coming. This time last week, we had the Bank of England, our central bank, pumping just a mere 150 billion pounds into
1: the economy. A quiet week. Well, someone's got to buy all that extra government debt, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. If it's you know what I mean, it's like this is what we're seeing. This is the trend we've seen this year. Governments commit to spending billions, hundreds of billions more, uh, and the central banks step up uh, and offer to effectively buy it on the secondary market. Uh, so this it has been a, a, a strange week, hasn't it? The, the extension of the furlough scheme, obviously it was inevitable that the furlough scheme was going to have to come back because of the lockdown. Uh, which started on Thursday. Uh, but the extension to the end of the March, I think, was the bit that caught people by surprise. we have got to remember, this is a government that hasn't wanted to overcommit to anything on, on that type of side and has been heavily criticised actually for that. Uh, the, the idea that they waited until a day before lockdown began to announce the extension of the furlough scheme. It doesn't give businesses the greatest opportunity to prepare and how many jobs have been lost in the interim when it became clear that a lockdown was going to be necessary it just goes to show that the government could have done a lot more to reassure these businesses in may we'll only learn in the next month or two how many jobs could have potentially been saved had they been more decisive Uh, earlier on. So the fact that they've done it to the end of March now maybe suggests they're learning a a couple of lessons from the experience of the last few months and the criticism which has come their way. And it will reassure businesses. The flip side to that is what what message people are are taking from it, which is, hold on, you told us this lockdown was going to last one month, why are you having to extend it by another five? So I think people are maybe reading too much into it at this stage, maybe anticipating that the government has more lockdowns planned or an extension of the lockdown period planned. And uh, again, criticising the, the need for that.
0: Or maybe it's just the fact that, uh, as you said, they have realised that in order to secure the millions of jobs for at least another three or four months, they have to create that level of certainty. And uh, even if we don't go into another national lockdown, because we're going to enter a period now, December, January, February, uh, where things are going to be so uncertain, a lot of people will lose their jobs anyway, even if there is no further lockdown.
1: Absolutely. I think it's just that. I think it is trying to provide businesses as much reassurance. And we have to remember that we're coming out of this lockdown in a month, hopefully, all being well. And every region isn't necessarily going to go into tier one or to tier two. There is going to be, you expect there is going to be some places which are going to stay in tier three. So they're going to continue to need that furlough support scheme for businesses that aren't going to be allowed to reopen. So I think this is just a way of trying to assure businesses that the government effectively has their back and try and retain uh, as many staff uh, as possible and I think uh, I think the Bank of England announcement coming the same day people will try and draw a link between the two but we've got to remember we've been talking about the Bank of England increasing its quantitative easing program now for a number of months it was clear right from the word go that the previous increase in the quantitative easing program was only going to see the bank through to the end of the year, so that more 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 easing was going to be needed when this second wave arrived. So I think the timing of it is probably more coincidental than people would like to otherwise believe. It was more than the market was expecting, the market expecting 100 billion uh, of increase, but they've increased it by 150 billion, effectively seeing us through till the end of next year, all going to plan. Uh, there was no talk of in- negative interest rates, really, though. They did say that that should it be necessary, they can add more uh, bond buying uh, if needed, uh, which I thought was interesting, uh, maybe suggesting that while they are still investigating the possibility of negative interest rates and preparing for the possibility of it, it's not something that is even nearly imminent so i think i think that, i thought that was a, a bit of an interesting development on that side but broadly speaking they're one of many central banks who are going to be easing over the course of the next month or two we've spoken about the ecb before they will be i'm sure Uh, adding to their bond-buying programmes in December. I think the Fed could even go as well. Uh, And also uh, the RBA, of course, this week started uh, quantitative easing and also cut interest rates uh, as well. Many, many central banks all in easing mode because this second wave means more lockdowns, means more economic hardship. And even those countries that don't uh, enforce lockdowns the, the spread of the coronavirus is going to encourage people to uh, spend more time at home and is going to have negative economic consequences. Mm, very interesting. Um, let's talk about the
0: next seven days. Obviously, we still don't know exactly what's going to happen timing wise. Uh, as far as the presidential election is concerned, we genuinely think that... Uh, Joe Biden is definitely going to be the next president of the United States. It's just a question of when, if President Trump concedes. Do you think he's actually going to concede, it? I've got a feeling he won't. Uh,
2: I, I would be surprised if he did,
0: because <laughs> he, he'll regard himself as a loser. Correct.
2: Yeah, he likes to control the narrative, and um, I think he's. Do you think he'll turn to... up for
0: the inauguration?
2: I, I I um I would be surprised if he did. I don't I don't think he would.
1: <laughs> I mean yeah. I think I think it's interesting that um that that there's not many Republicans at this at the time of recording that have come out and effectively abandoned him or there isn't there isn't very many voices at this moment in time. So I think un, I think until that happens, uh, I think you're both probably spot on. I don't think he is going to be willing to concede. I think it is going to take a mass abandonment of Donald Trump in order to do so. And I think there's a lot of Republicans out there right now who are going to be very... are uh, 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 really going to want to avoid that as much as they possibly can, because while they want to... Uh, reinforce the, the the kind of the, the, the US democracy. Um, I, I think they can see how passionate uh, the yeah. Republican base is right now and how divided the US is right now. And I don't think they want to suffer the consequences of abandoning their president. Uh, so I think they're going to want to avoid it as much as they possibly can. But if, the longer that this drags on, the more it's going to be necessary because you, you're, you're effectively heading into a potential constitutional crisis here. And yeah. I don't think the eyes of the world are on the US right now. Uh, and there's only so long this can go on before uh, it starts to become a massive, massive problem. Yeah,
0: they're definitely worried about their own Republican base that, you know, who would be Trump supporters who who would have voted for them and they'd be worried about the midterms in, in a couple of years time. And because people do have long memories. Uh, what should we look out for then apart from This situation, if there is another game in town over the next seven days, anything that stands out?
2: Well, I think we just had a Fed meeting and we're going to have lots of Fed speak uh, next week and and, uh, everyone's going to be looking for cues because uh, I think the uh, Fed decision, you know, it was pretty much... Went as expected. There were no big surprises, but uh Fetcher Powell signaled a very downbeat assessment on the economy. Uh, his his uh, concern for COVID is is very relevant, and it's likely to uh, force their hand, as as Craig highlighted, into doing action in December. Um, I, I think what we're going to see too is th- there's a a lot of these uh, emergency uh, lending programs that are supposed to expire at the end of the year. Um, I, I think we going to probably get more qu- qu- signals that they're going to extend them um i, I think the uh, fed chair also kind of highlighted that he had extensive discussions on modifying their asset purchase program so everyone is going to be listening to the fed speak we're going to hear from uh, i think a handful of, of speakers throughout the week so that's going to be what i think uh, people are going to be uh, taking their cues from um uh, but with, with uh with uh you know a post-election week it's it's hard to really get excited about anything in particular but there's there are a lot of big events happening i think you're going to see uh brexit trade talks uh you know as the 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 sand runs out i think you're going to see that there's going to be uh more pressure to see whether or not um you know any progress is made but um I, i think you know craig will talk more about that um uh, for oil prices, I think it's going to be critical. There's going to be the uh, largest uh, virtual uh, strategic conference. Uh, the uh ADI-PEC is going to occur, and, and you're going to see um, all the big energy ministers uh, attend that on Monday. Uh, and and uh, everyone's expecting OPEC to possibly deepen cuts because the, uh, the COVID situation is likely to, to really uh, deliver a demand shock again. And uh, we're going to probably look for some... Uh, uh, comments that uh, the, these oil-producing countries are going to be more open to that. Um, with the, the 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 rest of the week, I think you're going to see uh, there, there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, focus on the tariffs that uh, the EU can um, trigger uh, against the U.S. Uh, that's for the retaliation over the illegal aid to Boeing. Uh, so that's on Tuesday. So you're going to see, uh, I think. Many people see do they follow through on that? I think there's been uh, you know, some hesitancy, uh, especially from Germany, to uh, begin tariffs. Um, so, so I think there's going to be a, a a big amount of discussion over that. Um, I think uh, in the middle of the week, um, we we also have uh, some some uh, economic data uh, from. Actually, uh, we have uh, that rate decision from New Zealand, which uh, no change is expected, but I I think uh, it's important. Uh, I I know uh, Craig highlighted um, most of the the big central banks, but uh, New Zealand is an interesting story because uh, I I think uh, the the consensus is that they're going to go negative at some point next year. Uh, So I think everyone's going to be looking to see, is that going to be brought forward? Um, And uh, so that that happens on Wednesday. um, With the with the rest of the week, uh, you know, we also have a, a holiday in the U.S., uh, Veterans Day, so you'll see a lot of markets there. So uh, thin conditions, so you could see some some uh, exaggerated moves um, on, on in the middle of the week. Um, and and uh, la- lastly, I think uh, to, to wrap up the week, you know, we do have some data the U.S. Uh, CPI, but that that's really not going to move anything. It's just going to be mostly about Fed speak uh, and then on on Friday, we, we have uh, a couple of uh, GDP reports across Europe and Asia, uh, but we also have the U.S.-Michigan uh, confidence uh, numbers. So um, ste- steady steady data throughout the week, but um, I, I think uh, for me, I'll be all about the, the Fed speak. Indeed. And uh,
0: Craig, Ed alluded it to before, the uh, Brexit talks, continue i mean with all that's been going on on the other side of the atlantic you can be forgiven for even forgetting about the brexit talks what what is happening at the moment and could we get a deal next week even
1: yeah, it's been interesting on the Brexit front because the it, it's been very quiet, and I think that's a good sign. We've spent four years now hearing this bickering in public, this one-upmanship on, on on a constant basis, and it feels like we finally got to a point when both sides have have agreed to 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 stop that, to to get serious. To it's time for compromise. It feels like that week off did everyone a lot of good. It kind of allowed everyone to rebalance to put themselves back on a level playing field uh, and and allow for a deal to be reached and for compromises to be agreed. So uh, it's been very quiet the last couple of weeks, but I'm feeling optimistic on that front. But we are now pushing it in terms of time. It's now... The 6th of November, uh, I think uh, we need to see something next week. By this time next week, we need to be at least be hearing that we're very close to an agreement being reached because there just needs to be, It won't be enough time otherwise for this to be ratified. We're used to this going to the 11th hour, but I think we're very... Uh, very very much uh approaching that point at this moment like i say i'm still very optimistic and i think the reaction that we can see in the market suggests that everyone else uh is too so i think that's th- there isn't too much more to update on the Brexit from because there just hasn't been the usual level of drama the only thing, I'd, other thing i'd highlight because it's covered everything else quite well and i think from a data point there is a lot of low tier data next week so i do still think the election is going to continue to drag on unless we get a surprise concession over the weekend the only other thing I'd, I'd highlight is something that you johnny typically referred to as my favorite topic uh which is bitcoin which seems to have Grasped people's imagination once once again. Uh, this week, it, it's just been surging uh, on a daily basis, and we've gone back above fifteen thousand. In fact, I think we hit we came very close to sixteen thousand dollars today. That's the first time since January twenty eighteen. It seems that the Bitcoin enthusiasts are excitable uh, once again. Now, whether that's going to be put down to U.S. election uncertainty, or whether it's to do with risk appetite soaring back, or or whether it's a central bank easing. It hit a low around four thousand dollars back in March, uh, and now we're back at fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars. So it's been a phenomenal rise since then. Uh, maybe all this central bank easing uh, has has got uh, the chatter starting again uh, about the role of Bitcoin in the future. So. Uh, I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about bitcoin because we're four thousand dollars basically now off the all-time high and i think that's going to put it back on people's radar so i'd keep a close eye out for that because we're seeing really um kind of bitcoin level gains eight nine ten percent once again and i think that's only going to be exacerbated now that it's going to be more in the headlines
0: okay guys well uh i wish you well try and get some sleep um obviously been working very very hard this week and uh it will go down in history Absolutely. it'll it's, it's going to be live long in the memory. Final thoughts from you, Ed, before we say goodbye? To
2: everyone to stay healthy and happy. It's a
0: good way to end the week and uh, have a very restful weekend if you can.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you.